So if you're here today and you, you're saying, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I have hope in the way of what you're talking about because, you know, I'm going through some things or I, I've been through some difficult times and I'm not sure what the future looks like. Well, I'm here to tell you today that the hope that God gives to us is not like the way the world gives or the hope that we hear about for ourselves or I hope things turn out well. It's, it's, it's not a wishful thinking kind of hope. It's a person. Hope is a person, and hope is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is alive. So the hope that he gives to us is more than just a feeling. Now, everyone will go through hurts and pain. We'll all go through ups and downs. We'll have that. People will offend us. We'll take on an offense. We'll misconstrue what someone said or what they meant. And so we'll have hurts. And we try our very best to live with the hurts or we try to suppress it and push it down. But for some reason, it keeps showing up. Maybe it shows up in, a, in an argument or maybe you see that person and then the hurt comes back. It's like God is saying there's something there that is infectious that is destroying your life. And instead of us pushing it down, what God wants to do is bring healing to the hurt that we feel, the hurt and pain that we go through because God sees greater things for us. It's amazing how much compassion Jesus had. He always had compassion. And the kind of compassion that Jesus has is for all people. It doesn't matter our background, what you're doing or what you've done. The compassion that Jesus has is a compassion that comes from him, not because of where we are. So he will always have compassion on us, whether we're doing well or if we're not doing so well. The compassion is all on him. Now, we live in a world where social media, uh, TV advertisements, uh, even on the internet, we have these uh, advertisements that pop up. The newspaper has advertisements. And what they try to sell you is the hope that what it is is going to make your life better. And so when we watch these commercials, they try to make you feel something. So if you watch a car commercial, they'll tell you, buy this car and you will be the best person around. You will, you will attract people, and they'll show the car, and, and, and it'll look really good. And so you're thinking, if I get that, then I'm going to be attractive. Or you'll watch like a beer commercial. You know, now there's, we're heading into the Super Bowl season, and, you know, there's a playoffs today or the final conference uh, games today. And so you're going to see these commercials, and, and there are a lot of, you know, uh, beer commercials that will come on, and they'll pop open a beer or the bottle, and then here are all these girls. They just show up all in bikinis or, or with these different types of clothing. And, and so what they're saying, the advertisement is saying is, you buy a beer, you open it up, you're going to have a party. But then you go to the store, buy a beer, open it up, no more nobody, only get your friends, all with beer bellies. So it's not, it's not like what the commercial said. It's, it's, it's a different hope. The hope is gone. And so the advertisements and the advertisement companies want to make you think that there's hope that this will happen. But we know in our, in our world that it doesn't turn out exactly how we want it to. Now, we all grow up in a, in, a, in, a, in a world that is sometimes unfair. But it's not, it's not what happens to you that makes your life what it is. It's how you respond to what happens to you. 90% of life is how we respond to what happens to us. And so we want to respond even when we have hurt. 
Now, there are three commercials that I wanted to show you. I, I saw these commercials and I thought, this is so good for us to have a better understanding of where we, where we are in our world, especially the hope that people look forward to, as well as inspiration. There are great commercials that give inspiration. This first one is really about someone who grew up with, with some disabilities and, and he felt at one point that is this holding me down but didn't choose to let the outside perspectives ruin what was happening on the inside. He didn't let what other people were saying determine the course of his life. So we're going to watch this first one and let's just see how one can respond when there's a hurt. Let's take a look. They told me it couldn't be done. That I was the lost cause. Kids were afraid to play with me. I was picked on. And picked last. Coaches didn't know how to talk to me. They gave up on me. Told me I should just quit. But I've been deaf since I was three. Underway in Pasadena. So I didn't listen. Fifty-third pick, and the last pick is. They didn't call my name. Told me it was over. But I showed them. It wasn't. And now I'm here with a lot of fans in the NFL cheering me on. And I can hear them all. Boy, how powerful is that? Yeah, see, you determine if it's over. It's your choice if it's going to be over. Now, this next one is, um, this one is really touching. I know some of you, you uh, work in the profession of uh, helping people, uh, whether it's in the medical field or a psychological field, in whatever, in whatever way, but you're, you're helping people. You could be a school teacher or someone that works with children, but uh, you help people find hope in such a way that not too many people may even understand. Let's take a look at this one. What is it? <laughs> it's you. It's me? All right, I'm, I know it's not your favorite, but it's time for your medicine, okay? You ready? One, two, three. Emma, Emma, Bobema, Banana, Fanna, Fofema, Fifa, Fofema, Emma. Very good, sweetie. How do you feel? Good. Yeah, you did a really good job, okay? Let's go back to drawing. Wow. See, that, those, those, uh, those moments matter to people. And maybe you're at a place where someone does that for you. Maybe someone brings you hope. Maybe someone encourages you. Maybe someone spoke life into you. Or maybe you're on the opposite side and, and maybe someone spoke negatively to you. Maybe someone didn't give you hope. Maybe they just said mean things to you. And now you have this hurt. I as a dad and even you as a parent, we deal with hurt all the time with our children. Whether it's a, an emotional hurt or a physical hurt. 
But when it comes to a physical hurt, you know, moms and dads are different uh, most of the times. You know, moms may be more soothing and, oh, come here, honey. Oh, it's okay. Dads are more like, what? No more blood, no more bone. It's okay. So we're different. But watch how this dad deals with the hurt of his child. Hmm. It's in a weird spot, but I'm going to try my best to get it on there. No. Do or do not. There is no try. Okay. Hmm. Not bad. Be careful out there. I'll try. There is no try. <coughs> it's hard to do. It's a hard impression. <laughs> <laughs> Play, you must. Yeah, that's how we do it. We try our very best as parents to help our children when they hurt. Now, some of us will turn to movies, and, it, and we, we find hope in movies. There's, there's great story, stories that are in movies, a good storyline. So we become hopeful, and we think, wow, that's possible. Maybe in my life it's possible. Or, or maybe you find hope in a song. You listen to a certain song. It could be a worship song. It could be a, a song on the radio that, that really touched your heart, and it brought hope to you, or a poem, or, or maybe a letter someone wrote to you. And maybe that brought you hope. But what happens when the movie becomes outdated? What, what happens when the song is no longer the number one song on the charts? What happens when, when these things fade away? I mean, where does our hope come from? And where, where do we find hope that never dies? Because these, these things can help. It really does. It, it helps us. But we need to find a hope that is stronger than any type of number one chart rating, stronger than any type of fad or trend that, that we go through, it has to be a hope that is alive. And the Bible gives us a hope that is alive in Jesus Christ. And it's not a religious kind of hope. It's actually a personal hope in Christ. He brings us a personal hope. Last week, we talked about the greater hope, that there is a place called heaven. It's an eternal hope. So we don't just live on this earth and then we're gone. We have an eternal hope. It's a hope that is alive. This hope never dies. And if your trust is in this hope, then you're going to find that there is a purpose for this hope that we find in Christ. That it's not just for a season, it's for eternity. And that hope helps us along the way. There's a, a scripture in, in the Bible, actually a, a chapter that is written in the book of Colossians. And this letter was written by a man by the name of Paul. He was an apostle or someone who received Jesus as Lord and Savior who planted churches. So he oversaw some churches. But there was a church in Colossae where Paul wrote to because this man Epaphras started to talk about Christ and bring good news, the good news of Jesus Christ to the people in that community, in that city. But then they started to stray a little bit and they started to lose hope. So Paul writes a letter to them in Colossians, uh, this, this letter called Colossians, because it's to the people of Colossae. So when he writes this letter, he's bringing hope back to a people who put their hope into other things, astrology and, and other signs of the times rather than in Jesus Christ. 
And so their, their hope started to fade away, and Paul wanted to bring back hope to the people. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Colossians chapter 1, but we also have our scriptures in your notes, so you can take that out of the bulletin, and you can follow along and maybe write some things. And by the way, the reason why we have our notes uh, and for us to write some things down is so that we can remember. And we try to do it in three easy points to remember. You know, it's like A, B, C, one, two, three. So we try to do it very simple so that we can understand. And when you write it down, some of you have a binder and you put it in there. Some of you use a, a, a tablet or some electronical thing or you put notes on your phone and you can check it out later. That helps me. Whenever I take notes, I, I have it with me. I can always go back and, and look through it. Or you can go online and, and check out our podcasts. But that's why we have our notes. And in this letter, Paul is encouraging all of us that it's our responsibility when it comes to hope in this world. It's our responsibility? I thought it was God's. Yeah, it, it is God's, but he does it through the church, you and I. He, Paul is writing to the church, the Colossian church, and saying, you are responsible to bring hope to the world because there are going to be people who come in who try to take hope away from the world. They want to give a temporary hope, something that, that they, can, they, they can use for a little, a little while, but then it fades away. So every person who has ever been hurt or if you're hurting right now, God can bring hope to you. He always does. And some of us aren't hurting as bad as it was before, but there's still some hurt there. God wants to bring hope to you as well. Now, some of us, we, we are not hurting anymore. Maybe you went through some hurt and maybe we're at a better season right now. And what God wants to speak to you about is then now it's your turn to bring hope to someone who is hurting. So we all can receive today. And here's the first thing that we can understand when we're dealing with hurt is to believe in God's truth. That God has truth for all of us. But we got to believe in his truth. Not what sounds good or what feels good, but God's truth. Some of us just want what feels good rather than what we need. And when God's truth comes in, sometimes it's hard to swallow because it's truth. And sometimes it doesn't make us feel good. But it's okay. If it's God's truth, it's not supposed to feel good. It's supposed to be good. Now, when I was growing up, I had uh, asthma. And I, I guess uh, technology or, or the advancement of medicine wasn't quite there yet. So I had to take this medicine in liquid form and this medicine was horrible it was bitter it was thick it was like molasses mixed with oil with some turpentine and some jet fuel it was horrible it was bad but when I would have an asthma attack my mom would say okay you need to calm down drink some warm water and I'm I'm saying mom I cannot breathe I can't breathe say, okay you need to take your medicine I'm like I don't want to take the medicine she says you need to take your medicine and she would actually have to hold me down, and some of you parents understand this, that you have to hold them down. Why? Because it's for their good. And I would take that thing and, Mom, this is horrible. And it took a long time to go down. So it was just that horrible. But then, then my asthma would subside, and I would be able to breathe better. I hated taking the medicine, but I loved how I felt after. See, when you believe in God's truth, you may not like it right now. It, it may not make you feel good. It may, it may taste a little weird. 
It may be a little awkward, but in the end, you'll be better. But we have to believe in God's truth. He's given us his truth. Did you know that facts change? And fact and truth are different. Facts can change. Truth never does. Right now, the fact is the sun is shining. That's fact. There's some truth to it, but it's mostly fact because it's change. It, it's changing. The sun is continuously rotating, shining on us. So that's fact. The sun is right now shining on us. The truth is the sun always shines. You catch that? So the fact that the sun is shining on us will change. But the truth is the sun will always shine. So when it comes to God's word, his truth never changes. But we try to find ways for us to live in such a way that we, we want God's word to be fact so that it works for us one day, but, oh, I don't want it to work for me the next day. I want it to be good for me today, but not tomorrow. I want it to change. And God is saying, I want to bring healing to whatever hurt you're going through so that, like medicine, I can bring help to you. But what is truth then? I mean, we can watch things on TV. We can even go on the Internet and, and find truth. And we'll do a search for truth. What does it say about this? And all kinds of things will pop up. And, and sometimes we look for whatever sounds good. And then we'll say, okay, that's truth. But what is truth? Here's where truth is. In Psalm 119, verse 160, the Bible says, The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures how long? Forever. Why? Because truth never changes. Truth is consistent. It is always the same. The word of God is truth and never changes. When facts change, truth remains. The Bible tells us in Colossians 1.23, as Paul is writing this letter, he says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you first heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Yeah, you got to believe and stand firmly in the truth. Because it's, it's so easy to be swayed, isn't it? It's easy for family to sway us or friends or even the, the, the way the world is going. And it's easy for us, even as believers, to be swayed away from truth. Because it sounds good. Oh, we need to be like this or we need to be this way. And, and if we stray from God's word then we're not standing firmly in the truth. And when we're hurting, it's difficult to be hopeful. It's very difficult to be hopeful when we're hurting unless we're standing firmly in God's truth. Otherwise, when we're hurting, we're going to do all kinds of things and use that as a reason to say, no, the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm hurting, so it's your fault, it's their fault. I'm going through this, so too bad. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do but we're not standing firmly in truth. Listen, you're not hurting anyone but yourself. And so we go backwards, but after we hurt ourselves, now everyone around us becomes hurt because people don't like seeing other people hurt. I think that's why it's so important to not just believe in God's truth, but that you stand firmly in it. 
See, hope dies for the hurt without truth. Truth never dies. And God is truth. Therefore, in him, hope is alive. Colossians 1, 6 through 9 says this, this same good news that came to you is going all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's Epaphras. He he brought the good news to people. I would say this, be an Epaphras this morning. I know it's not a common name that you would like to carry, but you're an Epaphras today, that you bring hope to people that you bring the good news of Jesus Christ to people. And you're the one that God is going to use to spread the gospel. Did you know that? But if we're dealing with our hurt and our pain, that's as far as it will go. But Epaphras, he said, Lord, you're going to use me, so I'm going to spread the gospel into the entire world. I'm going to do my very best because you gave me this responsibility. I have ownership I am an ambassador, so I'm going to represent you to a world that is in need of hope. But when you're hurting, it's difficult, isn't it? And it's, it's hard to bring hope to someone when you're hurting. As it says, hurt people, hurt people. So when we're hurt, we don't know what else to do except to hurt others because we're hurting that's why God wants to bring healing to a hurting heart. And here's the second thing, and here's how, here's how we can be healed. is Draw near to God. Come near to Him. Come near to God. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a calling. It's, a, it's, a, it's almost like God is saying, this is where you're going to find hope. It's going to be in me, but you've got to come near to me. You can't be distant. And sometimes what we do is we, we turn from God because of what we're going through. And so we say, God, I, I, I can't do this right now. And so we turn from God, and God is saying, I, but I'm your help. You're turning away from the very one that can bring healing to your heart. I just don't want to deal with it right now, Lord. You understand, so I, I just can't deal with it right now. And it's almost like God is saying, then I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. And we, we do whatever we're going to do because we're hurting. And we're going all over the place and, and God is waiting for us. And along the way, sometimes we, we become even more hurt because we feel that I shouldn't have to go through this. Why am I going through this? Why is it me? Look at them. They're happy. Why am I not? Look at them. They're joyful. Why am I not? They're believers. I'm a believer. What's the difference? And it could very well be as simple as not coming near to God. It could be as simple as that. No, but I, I, I've tried that before, and it doesn't work. That's because we're trying to make something work rather than falling more in love with God. It's a relationship. It, it's, it's us and the Lord. It's that relationship that God is looking for. It's not going to be found in people. It's going to be found in the Lord. Now, God will use people, but we keep our eyes fixed on him. Otherwise, if we fix our eyes on other people and they let us down, 
even more hurtful we're going to be. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, he never lets us down. That's why his word is so powerful, because it's truth, and the truth never lets us down. The truth sets us free. That's where the healing takes place. So we got to come near to God. Some of us pulled away from God due to hurt. But Colossians 1.19 verse 22, it says, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Isn't that amazing? That we can stand before God holy and blameless, without a single fault. But even when I'm hurting, absolutely. Even, even though I, I've, I've had these thoughts, absolutely. But I've did, I did some things that it's not pleasing to God. You're still holy and blameless without fault. How is that even possible? It's through Christ's blood. He paid the price for you and I so we could stand before a holy God so that we could have hope. Not so that we live in a world where we just keep looking at our flaws and how bad things are and the hurt that we have. God says, no, I'm going I'm to take care of all the pain and the, the hopelessness that you have, despair. I'm going to give you hope, a hope that is alive so that you can stand before me faultless, without blame. You know what that does to a life? That when we can understand we, that we can come before a God who is perfect but doesn't look at us with fault or blame but with righteousness because we're clothed with Christ. It's how valuable God sees you. Holy and without fault. This includes you who are once far away from God. See, when we're, when we're far from God, even then, God comes near. When we were in darkness, God gave us his light. He is that compassionate towards us. Sometimes the hurt just is so, it's so difficult that it, it just controls our life. It, it controls how we think. It controls what we do. It controls our schedule. It controls who we want to be around, who we don't want to be around. That's what hurt does. But if you don't take control over hurt, hurt will take control over you. So we, ha- we need to do something about it. We need to come near to God. He's the one that helps. You know, when our, our children are, are, are hurting, we, we go to them, don't we? When we see them fall, we'll run up to them and we'll, we'll help make sure they're okay. But the more, the more they hurt, the more they pull away because it's that hurtful. If they just fall down, it's just a little, you know, maybe they fall on their knee. You can pick them right up. They're ready to go. But if it's a broken bone and you try to touch it, they're like, ah, don't touch it. It's broken. My foot is in my neck right now. Don't, don't touch me. It's, it's broken. And you're trying to help and they're saying, don't touch me. But you got to be near to them. You might have to carry them. Maybe, the, maybe the, the ambulance has to come. But they come near so that they can work on whatever needs to be done. And the doctor has to do something so that there's healing. The deeper the wound, the closer we need to be to God. Any loving parent, 
understands that. That's why God says, come near to me, because he's the loving father. And he understands the hurt that we go through. His hope heals our heart. In Psalm 1, excuse me, 73, verse 28, the Bible says, but as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter, and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the decision that we need to make. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. It's good to be near God. Some people say, I don't want to be near God. Spooky. He just, because he can tell me everything that I'm doing wrong. No, you know what you're doing wrong. You don't need God to tell you what you're doing is wrong. We know it's wrong. We don't need God to tell us. We already know it is. Now, I've been trying something for the past maybe week or so, and it's been the most difficult thing I have probably ever gone through. And this is difficult, and I'm just being transparent with you, so please give me grace on this part. But I've been driving speed limit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This is so difficult. And I have cruise control. The airport, 15 miles an hour. If Try that. 15 miles an hour. I, I tell you what's difficult. It's not difficult going speed limit. That's not the difficult part. The difficult part is when there are like a thousand cars behind you. That's when it's difficult. It's not difficult when you're by yourself. It's not that difficult. So I've been trying that and not even going one mile over the speed limit. Just if, if it's 55, that's my max. I don't even go 54 because one mile an hour, I like, no, I got to go 55. So, and I'll do that, and it's so difficult when there's someone tailing you. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going speed limit. So if you, if, if you are not going speed limit, that's not on me, that's on you. But the pressure I feel. And Heidi is like, just, just pull over and let them go around. Or, or sometimes I will. I'll pull over, and she goes, now they're speeding. You just made them speed. I'm like, I didn't make them speed. But you, can you see the complexities of this? Because I'm trying to do something that I know is not right. Or I'm, I'm trying to stay within the law. And it's very, very difficult. Listen, when you come near to God, it's the best thing. But it might be a little difficult. It might be tough. But after a while, it's the best thing. It's the best thing. Come near to God. Let's read this scripture together found in the book of James, James 4, 8. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yeah, when we draw near to him, he comes near to us. That's the relationship. God can turn a hurting heart into a hopeful life. We just got to come near to him. And then the last thing, for those who may be past this stage or you may even have a little hurt, It's our turn now to bring hope to those who are hurting. That's our responsibility. Yeah, but what if if I'm hurting? Did you know that even when you're hurting and you bring hope to someone else, there's healing? There's healing in that. That you yourself will be refreshed when you bring refreshment to other people. You, You begin to heal because now you're giving something. You're bringing hope to someone else. Yeah, but I'm going through some hurt. That might be the best thing for you is to bring hope to other people because even hurt people can bring hope to those who hurt. We used to uh, make tree houses when we were young and it was so fun and dangerous. You know, we were like fourth grade, 10 years old, nine years old. 
bringing up these huge four by eight sheets of plywood up the tree that we found under my uncle's house, a a nice stack and some two by fours. And so we would borrow some nails from my grandpa and, and he had a whole canister of nails and hammers and a lot of tools in his shed that we had to climb into the window for. And we got it. And so we're building this thing and, you know, we just keep pounding nails in two by fours and then it splits and we're like oh we got to pound nails this way and this way and this way so we put the foundation and we got the ply board down and we loved it we're like okay we got the foundation down this thing is and right before we said strong it cracked and myself and my three other cousins were on it one of them jumped on a on a, on a limb and the three of us fell off the tree And so I fell down, and we had a ramp going up from this long plank that we had. I bounced off of that. My cousin fell flat on his chest, knocked the wind out of him. And my other cousin fell down and landed close to his head, like on his side. And I looked up, and the two-by-four cracked me in the head. That's why I'm like how I am today, but that's okay. And it just cracked me in my forehead. My other cousin had a, 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 a bruise on his head. And my, the cousin that grabbed the tree, was, well, he was laughing at us. While we fell, he's laughing, but he grabbed a hollow branch, and then that branch broke off, and then he fell, and now we're laughing at him. So we're all hurt, but one of my cousins, well, he was the most hurt, and we're all hurting, but we had to help him. Now, when you're little kids, you're just cracking up laughing, and, you know, blood is dripping, and it's like, oh, you got, you got to go, doctor, you got to get stitches, let me sew them for you, and we're, we're just teasing him, but he's hurt, and we got to take him to my auntie, and, of course, you know, then we get lickens because we took the wood, but I thought, even though we were hurt, we could still help. Now, we could have made all the excuses and said, you know, I'm hurt, too, I'm hurt, too, so too bad, I'm, I'm hurt, too. You know, we're hurt. You know, we're all hurt. So you got to help yourself. No. Even though we're hurt, we can still help those who hurt. And when we do, something changes on the inside. It's not to get an award or a point or something like that. It just brings healing to our hearts. Why? Because Christ made us this way. To help people. That's the hope we bring to those who are hurting And the Bible gives us hope because it is God's truth. Colossians 1, 4 and 5. It says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. See, as believers, we heard the good news. That's why we're believers. We understand the good news. And you may be hurt, but you know the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. You have that hope. And many are hurt without Jesus. Bring that hope to people who are hurting. Everyone needs some kind of hope. And the hope that we have is a hope that is alive, reserved for you as the church, the body of Christ. We have an an assignment to bring hope to a hurting world in need of what we have. We have hope in Christ. But there is an entire world out there that does not have this hope. We work with them. We pass by them. We go to the restaurants and we see those hurting without hope. Even in our own family, they don't have hope. But we can bring that hope to people. 
We don't have to worry about what people are going to say. We need to be first concerned about what Jesus has already said, that you are going to bring hope to people because your hope comes from the good news of Jesus Christ. This good news is for everyone, not just us. This year, we call it the year of harvest for our church. And the reason why we call that is we just feel that God is saying there are many people who have yet to come to know me as Lord and Savior. Go get them. Go get them. Whether it's through an invitation of attending church or whether it's you befriending them, you go get them. We got to work hard for the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are so few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers Look at how many workers we have. Each and every one of us can bring hope to a world in need, to those who are hurting, especially for them. Colossians 1, 27 and 29, it says, or through 29, it says, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles, or those who were not of the Jewish uh, race. So we would liken it to, in our world today, as Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, compared to those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. So the riches and glory of Christ are for you, Gentiles too, and this is the secret. You ready for the secret? Let's read this together. Ready? Go. Christ lives in you. That's the, that's, that's the secret. Really? That's the secret of hope? Yep. That's the secret of bringing hope to the world? Yep. That simple? Christ in me? Absolutely. I don't, I don't need to learn some type of uh, way to bring people to the Lord. I don't, I don't have to learn like a, a program or do I need to know scripture? Do I need to, do I need to do some type of tactic or technique? No, nope. it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the secret. It's Christ in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, that's why I work so hard. I try everything possible because it's Christ in me that compels me to tell everyone about this hope that we have in him, the good news. Why? Because people are hurting and they don't have hope. They have wishful thinking. And the Bible tells us, which is the truth, here's how you have hope. It is Christ. And if Christ is in us, then we can bring hope to people, bring hope to the hurt. And we can only do this together. It has to be together. Because you're going to reach people I can never reach. And you're going to reach people that someone else can never reach. But together we can reach people for Christ. We represent him. That's our assignment. See, the world gives us a continuous hurt. We'll constantly be hurt in this world, but the Lord gives us a confident hope. Even when we have hurts. And the world will let a, the world will let a hurting heart bleed. It'll just bleed out. World, the world doesn't care. But Jesus Christ bled for hurting hearts. He paid the price for hurting hearts so that when we go through hurt, he says, I got you. Here's my healing and here's the confident hope. It's Christ in you. It's his life in our life. When I, when I travel around 
various places, when I go to different coastlines, even here on the Big Island or on Oahu, uh, on, on certain areas, you'll see what is called a lighthouse. Now, answer me this question. Do lighthouses shine in the day? No. When do lighthouses shine? At night. Yeah. You know why? Because that's when people cannot see the land or those who are on ships. They need to see where the land is. Lighthouses are made for dark times. See, people won't turn to Christ when things are going well. Maybe some do. But it's usually during the darkest hour where our light will shine the brightest. Now, people will put on a facade and it will look like they're not hurting, but everyone hurts. Everyone goes through dark times. We just don't know when it is. Be a lighthouse to someone. Shine in the darkest times. Even through the darkest storms, that lighthouse makes a difference. God calls us to let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and glorify God in heaven. Bring hope to the hurting. And if you're hurting today, God wants to bring healing to your heart. Would you let him? Would you come near to God? That's all he asks for. And you let him do the rest. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, Grayson to come out to the keyboard and we're going to pray. Would you just bow your heads for a moment? And just give this time to the Lord. If there is a hurt there, maybe something happened or, or someone said something. It could have been something long ago. Maybe, maybe with what is happening in your life today is, is not necessarily a result of what someone did or said. But maybe it's just a result of a past hurt and it sparked it. Maybe you were chosen last or bullied or someone said something to you or, or maybe there were some false hopes that you had. Whatever it is, God says, I want to bring healing to your heart because it's paralyzing you. You're not the person I made you to be because of this hurt, but I see great potential in you. I want to bring healing to your heart. And all of the junk I want to wash away so that you find hope. Let God do that. Draw near to Him. Believe in His truth that He can do this. And trust Him. And then go out and bring hope to hurting people. Lord, I pray for every single person here today that whatever hurt is there, that you would wash it clean. Bring hope, Lord, to the heart. You see them holy and without fault. They're beautiful in your sight. They're amazing. And we come before you, Lord, knowing that you're the hope for our hurt. Maybe some of you are here today and you're saying, I've, I've never given my heart to God. I've, I want to come near to him and I'm, I want to make that decision today, but I don't know how. But really, it's simple. The Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're here today and you're saying, well, I want that hope, then I'm going to say a prayer. And if you want to receive Jesus this morning, I'm going to ask you right now just to lift a hand. No one looking around, just myself. And you're saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. Good. God sees your hands. Yep. He sees your heart. God bless you. Right here. Back there. Right here. Right here. Right there. God sees you. Yep. Just hold your hands up. God hears your prayers. He sees you. Okay. 
You can put your hands down. We're going to pray this prayer. In fact, we can all say this prayer. Some of you have said this before, but it's just a reminder on how good God is. But especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus Christ, you say this prayer. And although I'll be saying the words, you just add the heart. Here's our prayer. Let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. Bring healing to my heart. I believe in your truth. I draw near to you. I find hope in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, we thank you for that prayer. We thank you for the hope that you give to us. Thank you for bringing us all together today. I pray especially for those who said yes to you. I pray, Lord, that not only would you bring hope to their heart, but that they would live this new life for you in a different way. Old things have passed away. All things are new. You have brought hope to their hearts. You've brought hope to all of us. And so we're grateful, Lord. We look forward to the wonderful things that are going to take place in our lives as a result of who you are. No matter what we go through, Lord, you never change because your hope is alive and well. And we're thankful for that. And we pray this in your precious and hopeful name. And we all said, amen. Can we just congratulate those that said yes to Jesus this morning?